Sav. Benny, how are you, buddy? Good. How's it going? Another episode coming up this week. Unbelievable. We're just, what are we up to? I think it's episode 14. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's, you know, to think we're at number 14 and yeah, it's, it's just been magical. It's been really, really good. And to think that we're here at number 14 and the guest and the, just the, the, it's been crazy. Man, you think about the guests that we've had on, it's unbelievable. And today's guest, which we'll get to a little bit later, yep. again, this is too much for, you know, <laughs> a, 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 you know, a starting podcast, but so much going on in the Academy before we get started. We're not going to, we'll talk a little bit about White Belt today, yes. but so much going on in the Academy. Tell me what's going on. Yeah, look, you're right, Benny. We just got, it's, um, I mean, obviously first year's passed. We're just, we're just in the infancy of our second year. Um, you know, we got our feet firmly on the ground. The academy's thriving. You know, it's just such a good, you know, culture and atmosphere in here. And standing room, standing only. room only, standing, <laughs> standing room only in the kids' class. Yeah, oh, in the kids' class. Yeah, I've certainly um, the, the kids' classes is, you know, on most days we're probably looking at sort of, I guess, on a like very very quiet day we might have sort of thirty to forty kids, but it's consistently around sort of 50, 50 to sixty each class. It's crazy. It's um, Certainly, certainly a lot of energy in the room. And if you're a parent, there's not a lot of bench space <laughs> going on anymore. I've noticed it goes all the way to the cupboard, then, right? So like... Yeah, the demand for bench <laughs> space for the parents is um, certainly at a premium. It, it is over there. So tell us what's going on because yep. I know you know there's a lot of exciting things coming up in the next few months. There certainly is. Um, you know, just sort of piggybacking on what I just mentioned. You know, with the first year passing. We, we have our feet firmly on the ground now and we've kind of set up a schedule or a calendar. Um, I sat down with myself, Christian and Anthony and um, we looked at the year ahead and, you know, we've got so much happening right now. So in the first week of March, um, which is very close right now, um, we've got our first internal kids competition. Um, that's going to be really, really exciting. We weren't sure about interest and demand for this, uh, but we currently have... I thought if we could get 20 to 30 kids competing would be amazing. Uh, I think at this stage we're close to 70. So it's going to be a, a fantastic morning. Obviously, the kids will be set into belt, weight, and age. Uh, so it's going to be really yeah. good. And I think this is a great opportunity for the kids to, you know, dip their toes in the water in regards to getting into competition. It can be quite overwhelming. Um, yeah. You know, so... Toby's very keen. Oh, that's great. Toby's very that's keen. fantastic. <laughs> I said to Toby, I'm going to talk to Sav, see if he gives me the green light to put you out there. But um, I don't know. I think I think he's good to go. Yeah, right? he's good to go. He's good to go. And I mean, look, it's um, it's going to be a fun and safe environment and, you yeah. know, referee well on the day. And, you know, it's look, it really is a good opportunity for those kids who are, uh, you know, I guess maybe contemplating getting into competition. There's no better place to do it than in your own backyard with familiar you know, training partners and stuff like that. So I think it's going to be a really, really fun day. Um, very excited for all the kids and to watch them compete. Uh, and I think because they train with each other, they all understand each other's games, which inevitably will lead to some very good matches. I'm hoping, fingers crossed. I can't wait. Mm. I can't wait. And and then and then what's coming up? Uh, after so that? after that, we've got the Sydney Cup. That's on the 19th of March. Yep. Um, and look, we are, as a team, we try and target specific tournaments throughout the year. Although we have quite a few things happening internally, which I'll get to later on. Um, this is the first competition that we're really encouraging the students to band together and compete in. 
Um, you know, we had the great success with the last tournament, 35 competitors, and we bring home 35 medals, which was absolutely outstanding. Um, it just seems like the work that's been done throughout the year last year certainly paid off, um, and the results reflect in that. Um, and look, regardless of results, we're always super, super proud of everybody, but uh, it was certainly nice to... Um, you know, get the results after all the hard work. Um, so that'll be on the Sydney Cups on the 19th of March. And as I mentioned, we're going to go right. down there as a team and we're going to, you know, come in and, and really, everybody's training really hard at the academy. We're super, super proud of the way people are working and we're just really excited for this upcoming tournament. Um, at the end of April, <coughs> which yeah. is obviously the following month, we're going to do our first white belt internal competition, which is always very, very, very exciting. Um, and I mean, the white belt program here is massive. Uh, massive. it's huge. It's huge. And I mean, a lot of these white belts had started with us, um, you know, January four of last year. Uh, you know, we, we probably look at doing, I mean, obviously depending on, you know, how well they're going, but we're probably looking at doing, you know, towards the end of this year or maybe early 2024, we're probably looking at doing a pretty fairly big grading. So, Mate, there will be a massive amount of uh, white belts moving into blue. I think we currently have uh, 52 blue belts here. Um, and once these white oh, yeah. belts move, you know, move along, you know, we, this this will be huge. The blue belt division here is massively stacked. There's a, some very, very strong blue belts, uh, white belts out there. I won't name, I can't name all <laughs> of them, but I tell you, Clinton... And uh, my my buddy Clint yep. and Greggy yep. and Barbecue Barbecue Mike Man yeah. Joey who still hasn't gone home Joey <laughs> go home right I, I'm wondering that's a story for another well, time yeah I'm wondering with Joey um, the farewell dinner we put on for him was pretty good I don't know whether he's hanging around to you know get another farewell dinner so um but yeah look we've got a tremendous amount of talent in the white belts there's some really really talented guys and girls there and this this internal competition will be fantastic i'm excited for it and with the amount of blue belts that we have on board and i mean moving forward after the next grading it, you know it wouldn't be it wouldn't be uh crazy to do a an internal blue belt i mean there's enough of us there it'd be fantastic what an awesome idea i can't wait i mean this is just such a great opportunity you know for the kids for um, the white belts yeah. um, coming up soon. I think it's going to be fantastic. I do too. I'm very, very excited. Awesome. So, yeah, plenty coming up. Now, Benny, I've got a question for you. Will you be yeah. competing in the white belt competition, mate? Yeah. Look, I've been talking to Chrissy about that. And, you know, I said to Chrissy, you know, I'd like to sort of do an actual, you know, competition nice. later on in the nice. year. But I want to start small. So we've agreed that I'm going to start in the kids' yeah. competition. So uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the kids' I do remember some of the guys turning up in wetsuits. And... <laughs> I do remember walking into my first class and thinking, this is ridiculous. Sav, so who have we got on the podcast today? This is super exciting. Mate, we have an absolute legend <laughs> of the sport today. Um, to say I'm excited is an understatement. Um, we were very, very fortunate just recently. I'm sure if you've been following the, the page, we've had Yuri Simons with us here in Australia. Um, this man is an absolute legend. I mean, his, rec it, his record speaks for itself. And he's an all-round gentleman uh, to get and meet, work with this guy and to do his seminar. 
and just how forthcoming he was, how helpful he was, his ability to change. Um, you can ask questions to him and his, uh, his ability to deal with the question and show some really exciting stuff was just incredible. So I'm so excited for this uh, podcast today. So thank you very much, Yuri, for coming on. Um, we know right now you're back in Singapore. Uh, I was just talking to Yuri uh, off air, just telling him he looks a little bit younger than when he left Australia. Must be that good Australian <laughs> air. <laughs> Welcome, Yuri. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on your podcast. It's, a, it's an honor to me. And yeah, man, uh, I'll take any excuse that I can to leave to Australia every time I can. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Awesome. Uh, just before we start, sorry, Benny, sorry to cut you off, Yuri. Um, just for, for the no, listeners who are sort of listening in away from Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, um, you know, Yuri's a four times IBJJF uh, third degree black belt uh, world champion and also three times ADCC champion, a couple of different divisions there and also last year in the absolute division. So um, this is, you know, sorry to put you on the spot like that, Yuri, but I just want the people who do <laughs> tune in who are not aware of your situation to understand exactly, you know, who you are and your journey and stuff like that. But yeah, so again, really excited to have you on, mate. Thank you. But yeah. sorry, Benny, please go ahead. No, that's okay. I was just, I was always, I'm always curious to know how people got their start in um, jujitsu because everybody's got really interesting stories. It always starts somewhere that's unexpected. Well, with me, uh, I started uh, through like my dad. My dad was training a lot uh, jujitsu. Uh, as the hobbyist, you know, but he would do it every day. Uh, I remember, like, I think he started training when I was three. I don't even remember that, but I remember when I was, like, four or five, I have memories of, like, waiting on the mats for him to finish his private uh, lesson, you know. Um, and, you know, just, like, he, he was, like, so, uh, he was so, like, passionate about jiu-jitsu and, like, learning jiu-jitsu, you know, showing me, like, he would, like, we would watch, like, the early date uh, UFC fights and back in the day, like the, the Gracie, uh, uh, the tapes, you know, where the Gracie would go to the, to the dojo storms and Gracie in uh, action. Uh, yeah. Part one the, and part two. Yeah. Yeah. The choke documentary with Hickson, all of that stuff. Like I watched it at a very young age, you know, it was probably like six, seven years old watching that stuff. And I was introduced to Jiu Jitsu through my dad. He was still a purple belt, but we, you know, he had bought mats at home. He would train with friends, uh, co-workers and whatnot. And then I would, like, jump in the mats. So I was the only kid, you know, but he would, like, show me Americana, rear naked choke, very basic moves. Um, you know, I would roll with the adults. <laughs> it would make me believe that I was beating them, but now I realize that <laughs> it would be really nice to me. Um but then eventually I went to I went to a, a actual jiu-jitsu academy when I was nine years old, and then I stuck to jiu-jitsu since then. You know I've done many sports uh, growing up. You know soccer, I played water polo, I swam, I swam. I did other martial arts like capoeira, uh, taekwondo, other stuff. And I think jiu-jitsu was the only thing that I really I, I did it throughout the, my whole life ever since I started. I never really stopped. You know. Interesting you say that, Yuri. It's um, for myself growing up in Australia. I did a lot of surfing. A lot of the guys training BJJ, I think surfing and BJJ quite complements each other. Um, yep. I think no matter where you travel around the world now, you know, a lot of the surfers are right into the BJJ, as is everybody. But I did a lot of surfing uh, for school. I was playing football and things like that. But something with jiu-jitsu for myself is when I started and, it, you know, it was just so challenging. Um, 
life's life's made to be fairly convenient these days and you know i think the challenge makes you keep coming back for jujitsu it's something that you are constantly trying to learn constantly trying to work out and you know you get a lot of rewards some days you leave it's hard some days you leave you feel great you know but it's you know you're constantly learning and i don't i think no matter what level you get at um as you mentioned you you know you're still learning you know it's something that never really ends but uh yeah it's it's great I, much like you once i started i i kind of yeah i never i never look back you know and I'm, I'm so happy and now i've got my children and uh you know it's just it's an amazing journey to be sharing awesome your kids train you as well yeah my kids train yuri um so my my oldest son kanoa as you met um he's been training for around he's 16 years old now so he's been training around 13 years already oh okay. um, yeah i met him yeah he was yeah you met you met kanoa he's just got the juvenile blue belt now um it, it, it's been um it's been a really nice journey to share with him, as you mentioned with your dad. Um, yeah. I used to let Kainoa beat me up on the back and submit me. Yeah. He said, did I really catch you, dad? I say, yeah, you got me. But now <laughs> I'm fighting hard for him to not catch me, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting, he's getting very good, you know. And yeah, my two, my two youngest children just starting now. Uh, they did the first competition just recently. Um, so yeah, it's in the family, Yuri. Well, that's and my wife even, my wife, as you met Annalise, She's even running the desk. So, man, we live in breathing jiu-jitsu. Awesome. That's good. Yuri, I want to pick on something you said, pick up on something you said because I'm always fascinated with this with people who do jiu-jitsu. You said that your, you know, your dad was just doing this hobby and he did it every day. I don't know what it's like in Brazil, but in Australia, if you do something every day, it's an addiction, not a hobby. And, you know, this seems to be the thing about jiu-jitsu that as a white belt, I'm just a white belt. Um uh, you know, I'm starting to learn that it's 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 an addiction. It's something that you want to do every day. And I love that you said it so casually. He, he's a hobbyist. He did it every day. It's like you know that that's not normal for somebody like me. You know. Yeah, I remember. I remember he was doing it quite often. Um, you know, maybe he was. If he wasn't doing it every day, I would say at least like four times a week. But for someone who had a full time job, it felt like he was doing a lot. You know, it's like something that. It was unusual. You know, he would play soccer and other things. I remember when that had to do those other things. But as a as a uh, a sport, I think jujitsu was the one that he was like really fascinated about. He was like stuck with, you know. And I I think like watching him uh, and watching his passion for jujitsu helped me uh, get into jujitsu. You know, I was like, oh, you know, he really likes that. That must be that must be you know the thing to do. You know, so. And I obviously wanted to be good at it to impress my dad as a kid. And, and eventually, like, I just wanted to be good at it, uh, you know, because I, for my own, like, uh, for my own self. And, you know, like, I started seeing that as a potential future, you know. Like, I was like, you know, I see those guys that, that I look up to, they're making a living out of, you know, martial mm -hmm. arts. Back then, it was more MMA, you know, like, that would, you would make a living out, out of. There was not a lot of money competing in jiu-jitsu, but... I would see these guys winning worlds and then going to MMA and, and making a live out of martial arts. And I was like, you know, that I want I want to be that guy, you know, like I remember thinking yeah. of that Absolutely. since a very early age. Yeah. Um, does your dad still watch you yeah, now? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he does. Do you still roll with him now? Man, like I give him so much crap because he stopped, <laughs> he stopped in the brown belt. My dad stopped in the brown belt. Uh. And I'm like, man, this is like equivalent to like if you're like drawing on the ocean and you swim all the way out of the ocean 
just to sink and draw by the by the shore, you know. Like you already made it to the shore, man. <laughs> just get to the sand, you know. Just get to the black bear now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, every time I, I have a chance to we'll, we'll play some jiu-jitsu, he he has this game where he starts with a straight full lock, and then we, it's, just, it's just like old west, you know, when the two guys turn the gun to shoot at each other. <laughs> <laughs> we started we started the straight ankle lock and and then whoever taps first like wins. Oh, I mean whoever nice. whoever doesn't tap wins, you know, like so it's like we already started that. I'm like, man, and then sometimes if he gets it really tight, he already like starts with super tight. I'm like, man, you know, like you know you wouldn't have tap mat tapping like that in the row, you know, you have to earn this position. Yeah. <laughs> he just nice. likes he likes the shortcut, so, he doesn't want to roll with so you. Know? Do you mind if I just ask you a question, Benny? I was actually yeah, going to ask him just before you do, Sav, who taps you first, Yuri? Who, when you, you and your dad are in this footlock competition, I'm curious to know who taps first. <laughs> no, I think I think most of the times nowadays I win, but he's still my dad. You know, he knows <laughs> he knows my weaknesses. Yeah, you know? so, yeah, yeah. But the thing the thing with him is very smart on that game. He always started with it already like full on. You know, so I'm like, man, this is not fair. You would have to earn this this position. You know, in the row. You know, you can't just start with a full on leg lock like that. <laughs> It's like starting with a loaded gun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'd love to know, tell, tell us about your travels around Australia. What did you really find, you know, fascinating as you were traveling around and doing um, your class? Because I know that I couldn't make it. I, I unfortunately have to work on the weekends. But every one of my friends from um, Gracie Botany who went did not shut up <laughs> about it. I felt so jealous that I usually I, I go, you know, I really wish I could have made that. This one, they did not shut up. And, you know, like w w from your perspective, what was it like traveling around Australia, you know, teaching them no gay? Man, it was amazing. Uh, every time I have an opportunity to, to share jujitsu with people in any country, you know, like whether it's Brazil, America, Australia, anywhere, I feel very fortunate to be in this position because, like I said in the beginning, this all started as a dream to me, you know. This was always, like, just a passion that I had. And nowadays it happens to be my job and, and something that I, I like, I breathe, you know. So uh, to be able to share my jiu-jitsu, you know, and jiu-jitsu with people, it's something I'll never take for granted. I, I you know, I really appreciate the opportunity that Sav gave me to share my techniques with his team. And it's, uh, it's, I feel blessed, you know, I feel blessed because Australia is a country that I have a lot of love for, you know, I lived there um, many years ago and definitely one of my favorite countries in the world. You know, I love the people there. I love the country. I think the weather is great. It reminds me of Brazil, the weather. Uh, people are laid back, but you know you got you got you got all these opportunities. You know, like I think it's like it's like America, but better in a way. You know, because like I don't know, like I feel very welcome. I feel very welcome in Australia, and you know, every time that I went there, I had great experiences. This, this time in Grace Botany and Sydney was was no different. Um, so yeah, I'm blessed. Yeah, it's an interesting point you make, Yuri. Uh, I was going to mention earlier when I was uh, commenting, but. I've been fortunate enough to travel to Brazil many, many times. Um, <clears throat> I went the first time in my white belt. I arrived there 2000 and uh, I think two, the year that um, you might be able to correct me, it was the year Jacare fought with Hodja and Jacare's arm is broken. Um, 2004, I, yeah. 2004, yeah. So, <clears throat> and I must, I must, um, 
one thing I found with Brazil, the similarities with Australia in regards to, like you're saying, everything's on the coast and that lifestyle of jiu-jitsu and beach. And man, it's like, honestly, Australia and Brazil is very similar, you know, and I think this is reflective on why jiu-jitsu has been so popular here too, you know, and as it has worldwide. But yeah, yeah, really good answer. Uh, Stav, can I just clarify with you? Was two thousand and four when you went over to Brazil? Was that the time that um, they, uh, you were in the car with Bruno and Hoyler, and we're not allowed to talk about it? Is that that time? The the time that we're not allowed to talk about Bruno and Hoyler? We're not allowed to talk, talk about the story. Yes, <laughs> it was that time. Okay, cool. I just wanted to clarify. It's very. Yeah, now, very... I wanna, now I want. Now I want to know about the story, guys. Uh, it was this. It we, was a little bit we, of a we, disagreement we, in the car between Hoyler oh, and Bruno yeah. and. Which, which we're in some very, very busy we'll tell traffic, you after. and it got a little bit heated to the point where you know Hoyler came off the car to, I guess, talk to Bruno a little bit closer. <laughs> and um, Bruno slammed the door and hit the lock, and the people in the traffic behind is like, you know, going a little bit on the horns and crazy. You know, the people there don't muck around in Brazil, and I think somebody noticed it's Hoyler and then start to talk to the people further back, and everyone's like very patient now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but we're not no, allowed to no, talk there's, about it. There's more to this, but um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, just a really, really uh, good experience I shared there. You know, um, yes. <laughs> um, just great, great story. I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll tell you afterwards. We're not allowed to tell you while it's recording. So just another question here, Yuri. Um, look, there's there's so many questions here. This is from. Um, uh, Aga, she just started with us. Um, she trains with a bit of Muay Thai and stuff like that. And she's just, I mean, I know this is probably quite a common question, but I think this is um, resonates with a lot of people on, on what you'd been answering. But very simply, what advice could you give to all of us who are just starting the BJJ journey? I know that this was brought up in the seminar um, and it seems to be a common question, but I guess someone like yourself with the experience you have and the travels, you know, this is one thing that they want to ask you. So just your advice on that, Yuri. I think to be very precise with my advice, I would need to know the goal the person has with BJJ. You know, maybe some people want to compete and become world champions. Right. Maybe some people just go into jiu-jitsu to find uh, a way to lose weight or to be in shape. Maybe some, some people are going there to learn how to defend themselves. I think a, a very common advice that I, can, that, I feel that can relate to all those topics is like being consistent, you know. Uh, jiu-jitsu is something that uh, it's a very complex art, comp especially compared to many other uh, martial arts. I think there's a lot going on. You know, there's many situations, there's many techniques within these situations or positions, and then many counters for each technique and counters for the counter. So I think uh, if you're just doing that once in a month, you know, like I have students here, like students that I really like, they're not so so current with training. You know, they, they show up once a month. And, mm. and then I'm like, Dude, you're not going to learn it like that, you know. You're just not going to. So I think being consistent, it's a very important thing, you know, if you really want to learn jiu-jitsu, whether your goal is to be a world champion. I mean, definitely, if you want to be a world champion, consistency is like one of the baselines, right? But yeah. I think in general, for you to learn jiu-jitsu, for you to get good at it, um, being consistent, just showing up in class, you know, it, it might not if you, <clears throat> excuse me if you just got started with it now it might not everything might not make sense right away but just trust your your professor show up to class uh, 
you know, try to be consistent and eventually things will start clicking and, you know, you're going to be start to learning things uh, in an easier way. And I think everything is going to start coming together if you're consistent, I think. Yeah, it's a good point you made um, at the start of your answer because it is, there's so many reasons you've got that social aspect, you've got that weight loss aspect, you've got that curiosity aspect, you've got those people who want to come in to try and train to be the world champion. But uh, in short, I couldn't agree with you more. Consistency is an absolute essential, um, you know, and that's, that's. I, I mean, I've been there, I've trained, you know, seven days a week, two or three times a day, gone away and done the camps and this and that, but I had a direction. It was for competition. I was training hard. My life these days is very different. Um, I think when you're competing, um, you need to be very selfish. You need to focus on you. Um, and you know, now being in the position I'm in, I'm focused a lot more on the student. But, and again, uh, like you're saying, I try and explain to the white belt, ultimately what is your goal and where are you heading? And that should determine a lot on what you want to do, but consistency is definitely the key. So great answer, Yuri. Thank you. Yeah, I agree with you. 100%. Um, Okay, so just uh, another question I got here. This is from uh, Jeff. Uh, he trains with us as well. What are your thoughts on the divergence of? Was he on the seminar? Was he on the seminar? Yeah, Jeff was in the seminar. Okay, okay. you have the uh, ponytail, like uh, small dark guy. Uh, he's got the oh, beautiful okay. daughters, uh, Indy and Akira, amazing little girls. <laughs> very good at jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's asking, what's your thoughts on the? divergence of gi and no gi as bjj evolves yeah nowadays they're two separate sports you know mm. i feel like i'm always going to be a strong believer that jiu-jitsu jiu-jitsu is in the gi and you need to build your core your foundation in the gi i think there's a lot more depth in some uh positions and there's some positions that doesn't even exist in in, in no gi when, you, when you're talking about gi, like there's so many more guards and stuff like that. So I think you need to have deeper knowledge in the gi. You know, there are times that you're not just going to be slippery and get around and stuff like that and be able to get out of situations. There are times that people are going to have grips on you. You're going to be stuck there and you really need to to have a very good uh, understanding, uh, technical understanding to be able to get out and, you know, to progress from those situations. So uh, nowadays... There are two, you know, separate uh, crews, you know, like you see in, in Nogi, there's like, I mean, there are people that compete both. Like in the beginning, when I got on my black belt up to my fifth or sixth year in the black belt, I was doing both, you know, regularly. I was competing Gi and Nogi all the time. I would like train three months, you know, in the Gi for a tournament, right away, take my Gi out, Nogi, put the rash cards and, you know, have two weeks notice to go into a Nogi tournament. I was doing that, you know back to back like for mm -hmm. many years but then eventually it starts to separating you know like there there was uh some people that were just putting a lot of focus on nogi and becoming yeah. very successful in nogi and then you know there were people that weren't really doing nogi as much and they were remaining successful in the gi and then mm -hmm. i think like the game split you know especially with the leg locks and, and you know heel hooks and I think ADCC brought a lot of attention for wrestling aspect yep. as well. Um, I think that um, now, you know, you see like for Nogi, we ha you have like Gordon Ryan, you have myself. Um, I think 
Felipe Pena is also going more towards nogi. He's, he does both, but he's mm. going more towards nogi. Where you have a lot of a lot of competitors, uh, they're just mainly focusing in one of one of each, you know. Mm. And for many years, we would we would see the the same crew, like the same people that would win worlds. They would go and they would win ADCC. It's not the case anymore. Mm. Um, so I think like. What was your, your question specifically? The difference between uh, them? Yeah, just or? so. Yeah, just with the. Um, just what's your thoughts on the divergence of gi and no gi as BJJ evolves? So you know, what's your thoughts on you know where it's heading? You know that I guess you know, like you're answering the question perfectly fine. I, I think yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think professionally, uh, I mean, like for entertaining, I think no gi is a lot more entertaining. Mm faster yeah that that's not necessarily that doesn't apply necessarily for the people that truly understand jiu-jitsu they can they can appreciate a technique even for a slower match in the gi because they know what's going on they understand it's a chess game but i think to just bring the attention from the beginners or from the people you know that don't know jiu-jitsu at all it makes a lot more sense for them when they watch no gi because Mm. The grips are more realistically, you know, they're more yeah. like MMA based or street fighting based. Good point. I think like uh, the the fights are more dynamic, you know, they're it's more explosiveness going yeah. on, there's more athleticism going on. Um, I think there there are things also there like I was saying, there are very there are things that are very specific from from the gi that you never find in Nogi, but there are certain things that you have to be a lot more uh, um, I say you have to pay a lot more attention, Nogi, like weight distribution, mm. some, some, uh, the, the, the adaptation from the grips, you know, like mm. some grips in the gi, you ha- you're more spoiled in a way because you can use the fabric. In Nogi, you have to learn how to manipulate and how to use the grips from someone's, you know, grabbing someone's body, like whether it's a wrist, how to perfectly grab the wrist in a way that you have more control. The person is not just going to sleep out of it. So interesting point you make, Yuri. I know I approached you in the seminar, and um, the seminar being no gi, and I and I spoke to you about a, a leg weaving shin sliding pass I was doing, and yeah. then you said no worries, Sav. You don't mind if I show a few details here, but you were doing it with no gi, and mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking before you went on that how how you're going to do this by not being hold, not being able to hold the pants, but you actually lift the knee and cup the knee. So it's something, uh, although I, I understand no gi, just watching your perspective on how you delivered that position out of the gi was very good for me. I took a lot from that. Um, I've now started to teach a little, try to teach some of the things you were showing, but it's been very receptive and I got a lot of good information from that. But the information you delivered to me was in the no gi situation which actually makes it a lot easier for me in the gi to be presenting because I have better control. But it was really good to watch you do that. And, um, yeah, it was very helpful. But just the, the, the difference between the gi and no gi and how you, how you did it as opposed to what I was teaching with the gi, like you're saying, I've got more grips, more things to hold, but it's certainly a lot harder to entertain this pass without the grips. I mean, I know you were talking to me about um, so be careful when you shin slide because you expose your back a little bit and I can frame on you. Whereas when I'm teaching on the gi, I'm holding the bottom collar of the lapel so I can pull the guy close to me. 
Um, so it was really, really uh, interesting. And yeah, just again, a really great answer. Thanks. Thanks for the insight on that. Well, thank you. I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, you know, we're getting close to wrapping up here. Um, just one question that uh, I wanted to speak to you about. Obviously, um, you know, uh, ADCC 2024, you match with Gordon Ryan. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's something that's on everybody's lips. Um, I mean, you've proven yourself. You've, you know, you've won the ADCC in two different weight categories now. You are currently the absolute world champion. Um, you know, I think this fight is, it's, it's, it's inevitable. It's meant to be. Um, and everybody's just so super excited for, for what's to come. Um, and I'm, you know, without obviously getting into too much personal things, I'd like to know your thoughts on preparation and whatever you could possibly offer. Uh, man, you know, it's going to be a very interesting fight. Um, Gordon has been shown to be, you know, one of the greatest of all times in G2. Uh, so I couldn't ask for a better opponent, you know, in that super match. Um, I love challenges. I think that's one of the biggest characteristics about myself. It's I take, you know, the I'll, I'll take the biggest challenge that I can and I'll embrace it. And, you know, I think, like, I find the fuel uh, into trying to achieve things that people think it's uh, hard or impossible to achieve. And I think that this match uh, has got a bit of that energy, you know, at least not from myself, but from people from out, you know, uh, you know, the Jiu-Jitsu fans. So I think he's, as a competitor, he's a guy that has very few gaps. You know, he's, yeah. he's very, uh, his game is very uh, flawless. So it's very different than a lot of opponents. You know, when I compete in the ADC, it's easier to come to a strategy just like, all right, this person maybe not so good around here. You got to bring the fight around this topic here. That's where his gaps are on. So you, you can find a, find a way to beat him around there. But with Gordon, he's very, uh, doesn't have much gaps. So it will be a very interesting fight. Um, and I'm going to put the toughest camp of my life, also the smartest camp of my life. I think, uh, you know, the rule set of ADCC, it's a rule set that favors me. You know, I have four ADCC tournaments and I have many many wins you know I, I won three of them I lost one of them at the time when I lost 2019 I lost for the guy that was the champion of my weight class and I was winning the match up to one minute when I lost and I got a terrible injury that you know um, I injured myself in a very bad way and ended up losing the match I wasn't going to be able to do that tournament anyway but if you look at all the the numbers um I have like I don't know 99% of uh, win, you know, in, in ADCC, and I was only scored one time, you know, I was only scored one time. I think I was scored one time on my weight class, and one time in the absolute because they score for ADC, in ADCC, they score for reversal, meaning if you're on side control bottom, you get on top, you get two points. Where FGF, that's not a score. I got scored like that on my first ADCC for a little bit of lack of like understanding on the rules mm. but like legitimately like uh you know i got scored by take it down just one time and that's all adccs together all divisions mm. together so i think there's something to be said about that and uh for the first time i'm going to be able to do my whole camp for adcc focusing one opponent which yeah. is something i've never done before uh, i think that's 
something that I'm I'm really gonna like, you know, I'm just gonna really like uh, be perfect because if I put the same amount of work that I did to become a champion on every DCC, uh, just focus around beating one person, um, I think my rate to success will be even higher. And I don't care who that is, you know. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to compete against Mr. Ryan. I think that's gonna be a, a very great match uh, to watch, you know. Um, and I think it's like 20 minutes match. It could go up to 40 minutes. I'm going to be prepared, you know, for those 40 minutes. And I'm going to be prepared to give him hell on every second of those 40 minutes as no well. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. i tell you awesome. one thing. Um, it's just the anticipation is absolutely nothing short of spectacular. I mean, everybody's really, really looking forward to this. Um, you know, both yourself and Gordon at the very top of your games right now. Um, you know, the big winner out of this will be Jiu-Jitsu to see uh, two amazing athletes at the top of their game with the credentials to back it up. It's going to be, it's just going to be spectacular. I will struggle to sleep between now and then. <laughs> but uh, I wish you the best of luck. And, um, you know, it's going to be an amazing match. I'm really looking forward to this. But look, Yuri, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your time with us. Um, look, to say this has been, um, you know, this has been such a, an amazing experience for myself and Benny to get you on. We greatly appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed your time with us. Absolutely. Um, I did. Thank you. Okay, amazing. And, and thanks for the sharing your stories with us, uh, you know, from everything and everywhere. It's been really interesting to hear. Uh, you're very humble. Um, I know that when you're in the Academy of yeah. Botany, um, you're very approachable. I'm not saying that other people aren't, but, you know, when I ever asked you a question, you were happy to not only answer, but divulge in the answer and say, hey, Sav, you know, maybe think about this or, you know, you guys can do this. So it's a real testament to the character you have. Um, I wish you nothing but success in the future, Yuri. Um, when you do come back to Australia, uh, our doors are always open for you. Uh, and we, I know you're heavily invested in the no-gi right now and you've got the big fight with Gordon coming up. But next time you're in Australia, man, we'd love to see some of your stuff in the gi as well. That would be mind-blowing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the kind words, you know, uh, for the opportunity to be on your guys' podcast. It was a pleasure to meet you, Ben, right, Ben? Yes. Uh, and then, Sev, to, to talk to you again. Uh, you know, I, I hope that... Next year, I'll I'll live up for the expectations. I'll make up for all the expectations and and bring the victory uh, to Australia as well <laughs> on my next trip. And you know, big thanks to all your students too that made me feel welcome at, at your gym. You know, I had a great time there. I really did. Yeah. And you know, man, I hope to see you soon. Yeah. Thanks, Yuri. Really appreciate. Um, we're very excited. Good luck for what lays ahead. Um, Yep. I'm hoping to see you soon. I just got a message from John from Higher Jiu-Jitsu. He say, man, come yeah. on, come to see Yuri again, Sav. So yeah, you might see again. him a little sooner than you expect. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, thank you so much, Thanks, Yuri. Yuri. Thank you, Benny. Greatly thank appreciate you, both you guys' times. Um, look forward to seeing you again shortly, Yuri. And I'll see you in class tonight, Benny. Okay, you but will. for right. now, one, two, three. All right, guys. Three. Thank you.